You're listening to Small Business Made Simple, a podcast for small business owners and entrepreneurs. Most of our interviews aren't with professional speakers and authors. The bulk of our interviews are with hardworking business owners that are out in the community building their businesses, leading their teams, and leaving a legacy. And they want to share what they've learned with you. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the owner of One Click Agency, a website design company for small businesses, and I'm also one of the co-hosts of this show. Our goal today is to help you stand out to your customers, beat your competition, and grow your business. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Small Business Made Simple, where we take the complex theories and strategies and make them simple to understand and put into action. My name is Tim Kroll. I'm a coach, consultant, speaker, and your co-host for today, and I'm excited to jump into today's topic. Numbers. Man, I have coached and talked, and I'm so thankful we got Gabe here today. Gabe Nielsen, he's a certified financial planner. But the thing that, and how this pertains to leadership, I think you're going to be shocked. So don't turn us off. I know a lot of eye rolls just happened when I said the word numbers. You could also say the word budget and immediately leaders are going to be like, oh, I don't need to hear this. I don't really want to get into the details. I don't need to know the details. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because it's going to allow you to do things that you are going to be shocked. And I'm not going to steal the thunder from Gabe. I'm going to let him be able to express some of these things. Again, being a certified financial planner, Gabe, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your journey before we d- jump into this topic. I'd love to hear a little bit more about what the lessons are that you've learned through this journey. I'm really kind of excited about this one, to be honest. I don't know if you can hear my voice. I'm just like, let's get going. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, thank you very much for having me on, Tim. I, I really appreciate it. Um, I, to, to give you my story, um, I, I, in preparation for this, I thought a lot about leadership. I thought about, okay, what, how can I bring leadership and then bring money to the table, which... Uh, I, I'm the same type when it comes to budgeting. When someone says budgeting, my eyes roll. I yeah. mean, budgeting is not a word that I really like to even talk about either. Yeah. Uh, but it's important. And so those numbers bring that clarity, which we'll get to a little bit. But my story is, I mean, I, I started out in the insurance and financial services industry right out of college, 23 years of age, moved to a town. I didn't know anybody. And the people I did know didn't have any money. Uh, so I had to kind of figure out how to build a business and how to, how to really get going. Um, and when I got started in the industry, I started looking up to my manager and looking at those leaders and going, all right, I want to be, I want to be one of those leaders. Mm-hmm. I, I want to do that. And so I made some moves and what I'll tell people is I, I failed, I failed <laughs> in those moves cause I pushed those moves way too soon. Yeah. Um, and, and it makes me think of a, it makes me think of a fun story, um, so I hear about three, four years ago, I'm, I'm out for coffee with a client of mine and I'm telling him that I'm, I'm kind of a coffee snob. I mean, I really like good coffee <laughs> and um, he was even more of a coffee snob than I even realized. And this guy was like a coffee connoisseur. Mm. And so he's telling me about his neighbor who roasts his own coffee beans and his neighbor comes over one day with a cup of coffee and he's like, here, try this. And uh, the guy has it. And he's, he's like, this is probably the best cup of coffee I've ever had in my entire life. And, and he looks at him and he says, what is this? He says, well, it's not really what it is. I roasted the beans. It's, you know, pretty simple to do. He said, but I used what's called an AeroPress. Well, I'd never heard of an AeroPress before. My client had never heard of an AeroPress before. As far as I got was a really great espresso machine at, you know, the coffee shops as well as my own uh, French press. And... Um, 
he looks at his buddy. He goes, dude, I've been living next to you for the last five years. He goes, we've been talking coffee for all this time. How come you didn't share this with me? The guy looks at him and says, you weren't ready yet. <laughs> he says, you weren't ready yet. Yeah. And frankly, when it comes to leadership, I wasn't ready yet. I just, I was not ready. I mean, I made moves. I made a change and went to the home office of a big insurance company to try to get that leadership opportunity. I didn't like that. Found out I mm -hmm. suck in the corporate world. Uh, and then I moved to another insurance and financial services company to get into management and found out I wasn't ready yet to be that leader into that, to be that manager. So I went back to doing what I do. And that's really, it's advising clients, helping people with their whole financial planning piece and, and helping them grow where they're going, whether it's their, their business, whether it's their finances, whether it's their budgeting, all that stuff. I just really got down and dirty and had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. So I started to build a team. Then I started to get a little more ready. Hmm. And then 2008 and 2009 hit because I started my <laughs> I firm. I remember those years. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yep. My firm, I started, hung my own shingle, the Gabe Nelson Financial Incorporated Shingles, uh, my own independent advisory firm, August 1st of 08, right before Lehman went bankrupt, right before the market went down. And I held on for dear life with those two staff people that I had built a team of. I brought them with me to start my new firm. And a year later, I let them go. I was, it was either me or them. I mean, yeah. my revenues... My, my business plan was built here. Yep. My revenues ended up here yep. and that made it hard. And so um, what I found is even at that time, I wasn't ready yet. I wasn't ready to be that leader. Mm. And uh, so 10 years goes by and I finally realize it's time to start being a leader again. And so that's where uh, that, that kind of comes up to you and I meeting over these last you know year of all right, now that I'm starting to build a team again, I'm starting to do additional things to build that out. Uh, but what it came back to is it came back to then starting to run my numbers and then also to, um, the best way to put it, was to really start to embrace that I was ready. Yeah. Man, there are so many rabbit trails that you brought up <laughs> and I'm working really hard not to go down them. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I, I, I heard of podcasts the other day. They called them zebra holes. So I'm good at rabbit holes, zebra <laughs> holes, whatever. We, we can go there. Oh, so. but I'll tell you, the one thing that I, I, there was two, two things that you brought up. And then there's two big points. The, the first one is you started at the beginning, which numbers bring clarity, which I uh, wholeheartedly endorse and believe it. Second thing was that you said about not being ready, but the underlying principle and underlying foundation. And I think this is what a lot of as we talk to small business owners and we talk to entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, whatever, as we talk to them, there's so many times that they think when they step into the business that this is it, I'm going to make it or break it. And if I don't make it or break it on this one time, then I don't have another chance ever in the whole entire world. And I remember falling into that trap myself thinking that, well, I, I failed my first time. So therefore I don't deserve a second chance or a third chance or a fourth chance. And I, this is something I think it's a really powerful concept and I'm thankful you kind of brought it up. It's the fact that there is a certain amount of perseverance. There's a certain amount of failing forward and the ability to keep pushing and saying, okay, I just wasn't ready yet. I'm still learning. It's still a process. It's still a journey. And I love that concept because it gives such hope. There's so much of an ability to say, yeah, it's okay. If I screwed up, if I failed, if I messed up, it's okay because it's still a process. Definitely. 
That's yeah, a whole that's rabbit hole. Fail forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's a whole zebra hole, rabbit hole we can go down to. That whole fail forward piece. Yeah, um, but but I definitely want to stay in on and the focus. So if you have anything to add to that, I'm totally willing to listen. But I do want to focus on numbers because that was our topic. That's our main thing. But that is definitely a gem. Definitely not worth uh, skipping over that one because it's really important to continue to persevere. Yeah. Definitely. Well, to, to go into the numbers piece, uh, and, and like I said, I don't even like the word budgeting. I mean, I, ha- I have my own podcast, and on my podcast, I got a, a, a budgeting piece, and I start mm-hmm. off, and the first words is, do you even like budgeting? I mean, I don't. To me, it, <laughs> nobody. <laughs> it, I mean, nobody likes budgeting. I'm a financial advisor, and I don't like budgeting. Yeah. It, it's just part of the deal. Uh, but, you know, when it comes down to the numbers, you know, your, your listeners, your leaders that are listening to this are going, okay, yeah, great. I don't like that stuff either. But here's what you got to remember. The first piece of that numbers really comes down to vision. And that vision is, is where are you really going with your business? Mm-hmm. Whether you're a brand new business, whether you're, a, uh, you know, you're growing like crazy, or you've already reached that seven figure, we are all hit with that same point of what is our vision? Where do we want that business to go? But, and the reason I start with vision is where your vision leads is where your money should lead. And meaning is, meaning by that is where should you be spending your money? So for example, I was on the phone with a client of mine just the other day and she wants to build a building. She wants to build a building in the worst way, wants to move out of the place that she's renting that is, you know, maybe about the same cost. So the finances make, make sense. But I asked her, I said, what are you building the building for? In service of what? And she couldn't quite answer the real reason that they were going to have the building. And so we had to have a conversation of, does it really make sense to build the building? Or because COVID hit all of us and our businesses have all been uh, affected that way, um, her business has been basically virtual Mm -hmm. and they haven't even missed a beat. So then the question is, does it make sense for you to go spend or mortgage somewhere between 500000 and a million dollars for a new building when, frankly, your employees are really happy being home and working just great from there? Does it make sense to do that? And so the reason I start with vision is where are you going with your business? Where does it go? The money then follows. And if you have a team of people, Well, if your team understands your vision and you can empower them to spend money or not spend money to meet those goals, meet that vision, that helps to formulate the reasons behind your budget Mm -hmm. and and the reasons behind your numbers. Uh, And so, you know, the other, the other pieces, you know, they, when it comes to being a, a leader and you're talking about your numbers and, you know, how to make sure that the business continues to thrive and make through challenges is, you know, for the brand new businesses, most businesses that have been around quite a while have already done this, but the brand new businesses, they're still running their personal and their business expenses in the same place. Co-mingling, yep. Yeah, stop doing that. Stop co-mingling. You know, mm-hmm. right? you need to separate your business and your personal expenses. So that would be what I would call my practice number two. Your practice number one is get your vision straight. Practice number two would be to make sure you separate your business and your personal expenses. Practice number three is run an annual budget. Take what you spent the last 12 months. Look through, were there any spikes in that expenses? Can you figure out ways to um, spread out expenses? Not as in not pay them, but can you start to get an understanding of how your expenses normally flow so that you can start to get an understanding of your budget 
and break that down into a monthly expense. So you know what you got to do, which then once you start to know what you've got to cover, then your clarity starts to come about. Your focus starts to come about based upon your vision, as well as based upon having uh, an understanding what you're going to spend. Practice number four will be go down your revenue side. You know, what were your revenues in the last 12 months? What were they the last 24 months? Can you look back and were there certain times throughout the year that your business was absolutely rocking, your revenues were high, or were there times where there was dips that you know you need to plan for in the future? That then helps with the, what I would call then the, the stress that comes about from running a small business of, all right, my revenues are going to be really good these next three months. What do I got to do to get through the next six months after that? Right. And that's going to be based upon that budget that you ran from practice number three. Practice number five, this is a total stress reliever piece when it comes to, uh, you know, running your business and, and having an understanding of your numbers. Pay your quarterly tax estimates. Set aside money in a, in a separate account. There's a book I came across, oh, within the last uh, 12 months was Profit First. There's a lot of small business owners that have heard of Profit First. Right. It's right. a the fantastic yep, book. Yep. Yeah. It's a great book. It's a great plan to follow. Um, I'm not a huge advocate on having multiple accounts everywhere, uh, but I've been a huge advocate ever since I started my business 20 some years ago, 25 years ago now, um, in being self-employed of always having a separate tax account so that you're setting aside money for your taxes. Because when it comes to time to pay taxes, nobody likes to write the check. Yep. I mean, but it reduces the stress. It allows you to go, all right, I got that piece covered. I'm going to keep moving forward with my vision and keep making sure my numbers are doing what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. um, the next thing, especially for the newbies, save for retirement. You've got to set a little bit of money aside. Even if it's 50 bucks a month, save for retirement. For your, for your other listeners, you know, the ones that are doing well or the ones that are at seven figures, it's one of your greatest benefits to provide for employees, but it's also one of your greatest tax savings opportunities is to set money aside for retirement to build that up. And, and I'll tell another story. You know, I don't know about in your area, but in our area, we keep getting uh, messages, you know, on social media as well as even in the news that the blood banks need blood. All right. They're, they're low because people are, are not going in to give blood. They're scared to go in to give blood and, and worried about the COVID stuff. So my wife and I, we went in to give blood and I'm sitting there chatting with the, the tech who's taking the blood from me. And she's like, so what do you do? I said, well, I'm a financial advisor. First words out of her mouth. What should I do with my retirement plan? I said, I don't know. I don't know what you should do with your retirement plan. I said, you know, how, how old are you? How, how many years are you going to work? I have no idea what the rest of your financial situation is. And uh, so she's like, well, I'm invested in this. I said, I, I, I said, you need to find an advisor who, you, who understands your situation, you know, really can help you go through your numbers so that you know where you're going. She said, well, my husband owns this business over here on uh, this main drag in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And um, he, he, that's our retirement plan. I said, really? Help, help me understand that. Well, it's a really great building on a really busy street that he thinks he's going to sell someday. The business really isn't worth much. Someone else, you know, probably won't buy the business, but they'll buy the land. And we're hoping to do that for our retirement. And I just looked at it and I went, okay. But if you think about that, that retirement plan is basically hope. Hope is not a retirement plan. Hope is not a plan. 
Okay. So small business owners, especially as leaders, you've got to be planning for the future. We don't know if that guy's going to sell his building. We don't know if anybody's going to want to buy the building. What we do know is if he would have over the last 30 years that he's owned the business, put a little bit of money away every single month, he probably would be not worried about whether he sells the building or not. And that's one of the biggest benefits that a retirement plan in your business can do. And that comes down to your numbers. You got to plan that through into your budgeting and into your numbers. Uh, number seven, which would be the practice number seven would be to set up some type of an emergency savings fund for your business. And that is a huge tip for small business owners, especially after we just come, are coming out of this you know, COVID crisis that's going on. You know, I don't know how many other small business owners have six to 12 months set aside in their business to help them survive this. Yep. Um, but that right there provides some amazing clarity. Like, okay, I know I'm going to be okay for the next six to 12 months for my business. And if we have to shut down, we'll shut down. I mean, right now I couldn't imagine being uh, a restaurant owner or a bar. Oh owner. my goodness. Yeah. I mean, we, we were at a, uh, we took a little getaway um, and we're in a really nice uh, Marriott property. And the gal came and started chatting with us. That was one of the managers that got to stay on. And she said that property was losing a million a month when coronavirus hit. Just that one property was a million a month it was losing. Yeah, yeah just absolutely amazing. So knowing your numbers you know, starts all the way with that. All right, what are my expenses that I have to plan for? How much can I set aside to then help reduce the stress so that I can continue to move forward with, you know, the vision of the business. Another practice, automate your expenses, set them up on an auto pay. As long as you make sure that the funds are there and you're going to be okay to take care of them, it helps reduce the work that us as leaders have to do to make sure we get our business expenses paid and everything taken care of. Number nine, seek advice. I don't know how many of your, uh, your listeners have a CPA they talk to on a regular basis or a financial advisor they talk to on a regular basis, but that is invaluable advice. I talk to my CPA three, four times a year about my own situation and I'm constantly referring clients to him. So we're talking literally probably two, three times a month. Mm. And every now and then we get on the, pro the, the, the topic of my business or his business and we're constantly talking through our numbers and where we're at and what we're doing. And, and doing everything we possibly can to help each other's business, which then translates into all of our clients' businesses as well. Mm -hmm. So your, your listeners, take a moment, even if you've got this fantastic business going, you're a seven-figure, take some time, seek advice from your CPAs, from your financial professionals to help you make sure that you're getting everything right. Because there's, there, there's a lot of ways to make sure that things go well with your business. And that advice is amazing. Yeah. My last little tip when it comes to budgeting and then the, the, the numbers is to revisit your budget quarterly. Just set an appointment with yourself. Go through, look at your budget and go, all right, I know I need X amount of dollars per month to run this business. I know that I've had X amount of revenues coming in per month to take care of this business. That allows you to get an understanding of where you need to be. And that is, is in essence, kind of 10 tips for your listeners, for your leaders to go, all right, here's some steps that I can go through and, and make sure that we get, you know, basically reduce the stress of running the business so that you can move away. 
Here at OneClick, we know that at the end of the day, you just want to be a successful business owner. And in order to do that, you need a website that looks amazing and gets results. The problem is you don't know where to start when it comes to building a website, which makes you feel overwhelmed every time you try to begin the process on your own. We believe you should never feel overwhelmed about building a website. We understand what it feels like not knowing where to start, which is why we can handle the work for you. Here's how it works. Step one, visit oneclickagency.com to get a quote. Step two, let us build you a professional website. And step three, your business will stand out online without you lifting a finger. Visit oneclickagency.com today so you can stop feeling overwhelmed about your website and instead get a professional to build one that stands out from your competition and gets you results. So let's transition because these are awesome. But I can mm-hmm. already hear, com, com, I'm sorry, I can already hear questions coming up yep. from individuals. And I, I would classify, I think we have three different types of individuals that are out there in the audience. We have one, mm-hmm. we have those that are just starting out, basically fresh, clean slate. They've got maybe a little bit of savings to be able to invest into the company. Two, we've got guys that are five, six, 10 years into it, totally screwed up everything didn't know how to plan, didn't understand any of the numbers or anything along those lines. And they're like, you're telling me to invest in my retirement. You got to be kidding me. I can barely make my ends meet. You want me to have an emergency fund? Yeah, forget that. That's out the window because I'm just trying to pay my bills right now. I'm in debt up to my eyeballs kind of a thing. So you've got those kinds of guys. And then you've got the third group, which have had some experience, have a little bit of financial knowledge and are practicing maybe at least 50%, 60, 70% of these tips. I, the question, I guess, the first question that comes out is, it's easy to handle group one and group three. It's that second group of people that are in debt trying to figure out how to swim to the top, be able to keep themselves afloat, to be able to get their ship righted. What would be the very first thing? What would be the first part of that that they need to do in order to be able to start? Because they can't do all 10 of them. I'll just, yeah. I, I know for a fact, I've talked with some of these guys, they cannot do all 10. And they're, mm-hmm. the stress levels are super high right now, what would be something that would be, hey, this is a practical application. This is how you can help start on the path, knowing it's going to be a path. It's a process. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. It's going to be hard, but this is the first step. First step for that demographic, for that group, for group number two? Yes. Realistically, they got to start figuring out a way to get a little bit of money into savings. They got to just get a little, and we're not talking a ton. I mean, this kind of falls back onto the Dave Ramsey theory of get a thousand dollars in savings, start working on your debt. I mean, really, we got to go there. We got to go to the basics, mm-hmm. start to get a little bit of money set aside, even if it's like I said, 50 bucks a week, 50 bucks a month, whatever you can do to get a little cash set aside. Because being a small business owner, you are constantly, like you had, like you had said earlier in our prior conversation, Tim, you're constantly in chaos. Mm -hmm. There's always something going on, which is going to require some cash and could require going into debt. So step one, I'd be start getting some understanding of a way to get a little bit of money in cash. Mm -hmm. Sit down, go through your budget, at least know how much money has to come out every single month to be able to pay your bills. The other thing is you might want to look at, and I'm going to add a couple more steps to this, if that's okay with you, Tim. No, hundred percent. That's why I'm asking. Cause I just know yeah. for fact that there are people out there and, and I'm glad we did this because I do think mm-hmm. that this applies across the board, but if we're going to do some practical application and say, okay, we let's reach out to the hurting. This is where I think the, mm-hmm. the most hurt is at 
if somebody has yep. been in business for a while. So please add, add the steps in there because this is yep. definitely practical application. Oh yeah. Step number one, we got to get a little money into savings. And I'm not talking a ton. Just get, try to get yourself a thousand in savings. And then if you can make that grow, go for it. Step number two is now you got to start figuring out a way to start working on some of that debt. All right. Now, interest rates are at all time lows right now. For anybody that has the credit that they could do some refinancing, it would make sense to consider. I mean, you're talking, you know, seriously low rates. I mean, I keep seeing it on my Bloomberg uh, uh, channel every single day, how interest rates are just at all time low. So it would be worth looking into that. The next piece of the puzzle that I would say, a lot of times, and, and this is going to sound almost counterintuitive, Tim, raise your fees. Oh, I'm glad you said Raise it. your fees. <laughs> yep. Raise your fees. I'm going to say it three more times. Raise your fees, raise your fees, raise your fees. And the reason I say that is a lot of times when we are in that position, that position number two, we're kind of hurting. We've been doing this for a number of years and we're just like, what the heck did I get myself into? Mm -hmm. This is stupid. I mean, almost to that point. Mm -hmm. Well, are you showing up for those client meetings or whatever your business is in those interactions? Are you showing up like you're ready to kick ass and you are awesome? Or are you showing up like, holy crap, if I don't get this, I'm going to probably die. My business mm -hmm. is going to go down. Yep. All right. Well, raise your fees. Reason I say that is that's the quickest way to raise your revenues. Mm -hmm. And usually those people have never raised their fees. They've been too scared. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. So my thought would be raise your fees. Take a look at your, your competition. Take a look at your market. Take a look at what you're charging. Can you increase your rates? If you've never done it, you got to do it. And yeah, I'm I, sure that you brought it up a few times. Oh my goodness. This is a big, big, big factor because mm -hmm. the kickback that you get, it's like, dude, I, I just need to take whatever I can get right now because I have to put food on the table or I have to do this. And there's this, this stress level, the tension that lies between trying to survive and trying to put food on the table versus raising those fees and getting yourself into a position that's going to give that stability and not have to worry about where your next meal is coming from. Um, man, I honestly, 20 years ago, I wish I would have known this because this was my, my challenge because I was stuck in that mental mindset of, I got to take whatever work is coming. So somebody says, Hey, I got a job like Home Depot, Lowe's. I was working contract work for them. Hey, we got a job for you. All right, I'll take it. It was a hundred bucks. It cost me. And then looking back on this, it was a stupid, but it cost me because I was doing installs for flooring. It cost me 150 to $200 to go do the job. By the time I paid employee, gas, travel, so on, I was losing $100 every time I went and did a $100 job. And I, I wish somebody would have come alongside, smacked me upside the head. He's like, dude, you cannot take that job. Look, here's your number. This is what it costs to produce. This is what it costs to service. This is what you're getting paid. It doesn't match up. This is why you're having trouble. And again, I was stuck in that survival mindset, like, okay, I got 50 bucks. And again, it goes back to the co-mingling that you talked about because I didn't keep them separate. And I didn't realize how much the cost was for the business versus anyway. I don't want to take your thunder. But I just wish That's somebody gold. would have said it. <laughs> that is, that is, Tim, Tim, that is absolute gold. And mm -hmm. so let, let, me, let me carry that a little bit forward because you added a couple little nuggets in there that are perfect for your listeners. The first nugget is what does it cost for you to run your business? Mm -hmm. So you knew, well, let me phrase that. You know, now you I did know not now. know, know that. Then, <laughs> right. that it cost $250 to do a $100 job. You knew that it was going to do or, or whatever the numbers were. Mm -hmm. So your listeners need to take a minute and go, okay, 
I charge X amount of dollars for this, mm -hmm. but it costs me this to get in place, to have in place. And if I know what my cost, what I would call my cost per unit is, all right, I call it a cost per client. I know what my cost per client is, all right? And I will tell you this, I didn't dig into this into my business until the last two or three years. Mm -hmm. I find I was just run, 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 go like crazy. But when I started to build a team and started to then bring people on, I started looking to go, what does it really cost me to run my business? What does it cost per client? So I know what my cost per client is. Now, for your listeners, if you get an understanding of what your cost per client is, and let's just use simple math and call it $1,000 per client is what it costs you for just simple numbers. Most of your CPAs will say, take that times three. Hmm. All right. So your, your one third cost of, of what do we say your product, another third to cover for overhead and payroll and things like that. And another third should be your profit. So if it costs you a thousand dollars to produce quote unquote, that client, multiply that times three. Now you got a $3,000 price. How does that fit into your marketplace? And so had, uh, Tim, had you had that 20 years ago and you knew it was going to cost you 150 to do it, but you really should have been charging 450 when the Home Depot client came up at 100, you'd be like, nope, not doing that. I'm going to go focus on where do I need to go to make that money? Yep. And every one of your listeners knows, all right, I know, I know where I can go charge what I can charge. I mean, they know what the, the market will bear in, in uh, whatever their product or service is. So if they know it costs them X, they need to make sure they're swimming in the areas that gives them three times that. I mean, that would be the ideal. A hundred percent. And just so we can kind of relieve some of the, I'm an idiot kind of feeling, because I, I also know some of the small business owners. Don't think that just because, don't think you're the only one that's going through this. Uh, and because I have talked with corporations and uh, there was a big, big one. I uh, just happened to uh, Qubit, I think is what it was. I, yeah. Qubit, billions of dollars invested and yet they went under. Mm -hmm. I know corporations that are doing 20, 30 million dollars a year in gross revenue and they're walking away with maybe 20,000, 30,000 dollars in net profit. Massive, massive. And it's all due to the fact that they don't know their numbers. And I'm so thankful that you're bringing up this whole component of how numbers tie into leadership. And we talked about the clarity and I, let's go back to that one key element because numbers give us clarity, like what we're just talking about here. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the numbers and the clarity, how in the world can you lead your employees? How can you make decisions? How can you have that clarity on how to be able to go forward? And so don't breeze over this, please don't breeze over what we're talking about and underestimate the importance of this because it will create a lot of challenges as a leader stepping in through this. So. I'm, uh, man, this is just really good. So you had three things. Let me just reiterate them. If, if you're feeling frustrated, feeling like, man, I'm such an idiot. Number one, just start saving a little bit of money. You said as little as a thousand dollars can even be a huge step. Number two, work on reframing the debt. And number three, raise the fees. Is there anything else that you would add to that? Or is that pretty much the, the three steps? Well, I, we probably should make raise the fees maybe step number four and squeeze in number three. Take the time to get an understanding of what your cost per unit is. Mm, yeah. Like you, that, that to me, once you know what your cost per unit is, in that example that we used was $1,000. Let's just say for fun and games, it's $1,000. 
Well, now you know what your fees need to be mm-hmm. and you can go back and take a look and go, well, my, my step number four, raise my fees. I'm only charging 1500. Okay. Maybe there, maybe there's your problem. You yep. need to maybe you need to get your, your fees back up. Now, if that's not possible, then you got to go back and look at your expenses. Are you, do you have way too much expenses in the, in your needs to be product? Yep. Yeah. What has to be cut? So I would say those are your four most important pieces. And once you get that figured out, everything falls into place. Yeah. It all starts to fall into place because I don't know anybody out there that starts a business to lose money. And I don't know anybody out there that just leaves their great job they had before or even that they hated to go start another business to be stressed out, no money, Mm -hmm. working all the time and pissed off. (laughs) You don't want to trade. Yeah. You don't want to trade one nine to five job for a nine to nine job. You just don't want to do that. That doesn't make any sense. No, no. So we got to be profitable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So this is really good. And there's one other point that you brought up and I really want to touch in on this because I think this applies to all three of the groups that we kind of defined here. And that is in regards to the vision, that very first step, the vision is within the numbers. Uh, There's ancient scripture uh, that talks about this and it says where your treasure is there will your heart be also in a previous podcast we talked about the heart of a leader and I truly believe this with all of my heart is that when you use that illustration about whether to buy the building or not to buy the building there's a lot of things that play into that kind of a decision and I've talked with with individuals business owners the reason they want to buy the building had nothing to do with their business and had everything to do with their ego it had everything to do with their image and I've watched this happen over and over and over again when you're tying that vision of whether it's an ego, image, uh, whatever you want to call that part of it, tying that and you foolishly spend money on a building or on a book about yourself or whatever that ends up being, that vision tied with the numbers has to be congruent with your core values. And I think that's a huge piece. So I wanted to bring that back up because that literally applies to every class, whether you're on the first group, or you're just starting second group, you've messed everything up and it's now you're going to restart. Or even in that third group, you've got most of this stuff down. That is a key element. So I just want to bring that back around because I think it's an important topic and I'll let you speak on that. Oh yeah. The, the, that vision piece. There's a saying that I have. One of my favorite sayings when it comes to vision is when your vision is clear, your decisions are easy. Mm. And so if you, if you really understand where you're going, and where you're trying to get to, it's easy to make the right decisions. But I'm going to go talk about your group three right now. Your group three is kicking butt. They're doing mm. well. And so it's easy to let your ego get into the way and go, oh, well, I've got the money. Why shouldn't I do this? Mm-hmm. And so we need to try to remember to be grounded. We got to go back to our vision. What are we really trying to do? Uh, what are we really trying to do this for? And, and um one of the sayings that I always like to use is what is it in service of? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to go build, build a building in service of what I'm going to go start a book. I, I, I'm going to go, you know, write a book in service of what I want to buy. I, I want to own a beach house. I want a beach house on the Gulf of Mexico in Florida and in service of what I've got three daughters. I want my three daughters to want to come to the beach because we live in South Dakota. I mean, I don't know where my three daughters are going to end up being uh, (laughs) when they start having kids, but we're in South Dakota. We don't have a lot of beaches and it's not hot. It's not hot all the time. And so in service of what? So one of these days, my wife and I, we're going to go buy a beach condo in service of what? 
I want a magnet. We want a magnet for our kids and our yep. grandkids to come. And so if you can remember the words, especially group number three, because things are easy, things are going well, not easy, I shouldn't say, but usually you have the, the funds yep. to screw up and still be okay. Try to remind yourself, come back to in service of what? I love that. I love that. And if I could take it one step further, I just finished a book called Bet on Talent. Deanne Turner, she was the HR director for Chick-fil-A. And one of the core values that Chick-fil-A has is the purpose. And they use purpose very similar to the way that you say in service of what? That purpose is the guide. It's the, the purpose is something that you put out there to make those decisions easier and part of the vision because it's something that you're never going to truly fulfill, but it's constantly calling and drawing you towards that purpose. And I, I love the way you put that because I believe also Chick-fil-A does the exact same thing. They're in service of what? I, I love that scenario. That's absolutely incredible. All right. So we talked to the second, we talked to the third, anything to share with the guy that's just starting. Maybe I just want to make sure we include them because <laughs> I bet. know that they're starting in there. <laughs> well, actually, uh, you know, the, the first one, that first group, the ones that are just getting started, they need to start with steps one, two, and three, and four. I mean, really mm -hmm. what they need to do is make sure you have some money in savings, which you probably do, all right, because you're just getting started or you wouldn't have made that change. Number two, uh, you need to make sure that, you know, you have your, your accounts separated right away. I was going to say, I was glad you said that. <laughs> oh, yep. Don't do that to yourself. Um, and, and number three, get an understanding of what your cost per unit is. Mm -hmm. And number four, make sure that you have profit built into your pricing because the, the big thing that our newbies do, the newbies get going. They're like, I'll take anything I can get. Yep. I got to put food on the table. I got to yep. get this business going and I'm going to work all the time. And then the next thing you know, you start taking things that are outside of, uh, of your profit piece and you start losing money or you don't make enough. Yep. If you don't make enough money, you can't put all the other things in place. Yep. And so the example that, that, um, that I'll use is, let's just say they were billing you out, your old company was billing you out at 100 bucks an hour. All right. Well, they weren't paying you 100 bucks an hour. All right. They were probably paying you somewhere between 50 and $70 an hour is what they were probably paying you. But they were billing you at 100 don't go in there and tell them you'll do it for 70 an hour. You need to go in and maybe say 95, but you really probably should try to get to that 100 an hour because they have your benefits built in. They have your payroll taxes built in. They have your retirement. They've got you built into that. You've mm -hmm. got to make sure that you replace that or you're going you're gonna to basically work yourself into problem number two, exactly. group number two. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Man, awesome, awesome stuff. And I think, I feel like we hit all three of the groups and I'm thankful for that because there's something there, I think for everybody, no matter who's listening, yeah. no matter what stage you're in in your business, there's something there for everybody. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, two quick questions. I like to ask these at the end. What is the yep. number one book that you would recommend? What's been your favorite book? Or, and, and occasionally I get people come back and they say, well, I can't just give you one. I got to give you two. So that's fine if it's two, but what, what's, your, what's your number one book? What, what, what would you say that is? My number one book that I just read this summer was uh, The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. My number two book, because I got to give you a number two book since you, <laughs> since you opened yeah. up the door, would be The Slight Edge, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Nice. But uh, Keith Cunningham, uh, the, the Road Less Stupid, continuously talks about thinking time. Mm. Take the time to think. Ah, and it's that. amazing how much time us, us small business owners don't take time to think. We think we do, but we really don't take time to think. I mean, we're doing it while we're doing everything from yep. driving down the road to whatever, but 
take some time and think about where you're going, where you want to go. What are the problems that you could face? How could you overcome them? It's, it's that could crazy. be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yes. That reflection yes. and thinking is so critical for a leader. All right. Yeah. And then if somebody wants to get in touch with you, get in contact with you, what would be the best? We'll make sure we put them in the, no the show notes as well. But what would you say would be the best way for them to get in contact with you? Best way is just go to my website. And actually, I got this cool little thing that my marketing consultant created so I could point at it, that Gabe Nelson Financial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not going to help if we have listeners and yes. they don't yes. see it. But, but can you just spell yeah. it out? Yeah, Gabe Nelson Financial.com, G A B E N E L S O N Financial, F I N A N C I A L.com, Gabe Nelson Financial.com. That's the easiest way you can see my whole system of how I do things, uh, how I bring new clients on to help them understand if I'm really a good fit for them. All my social media links are there, and you have access to my podcast uh, called Solo Printer Money, which is all about helping solopreneurs master their finances so they can create the freedom that they set out to put in exactly. place when they went on their own business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Thank you again, man. Mm -hmm. I, I know you're a busy guy. I know you got a lot of things going. So I, I truly appreciate you coming on. Man, if you as the audience have heard anything that you really love, first of all, reach out to Gabe and say thank you because I, I always want to make sure that there's gratitude. And if you see something that changes your life, don't hesitate to reach back out to somebody and tell them that they change. That means a lot. And I know that from experience. I've had people reach out. So if something hits you, struck you, and you made a change, please reach out to Gabe and at least at the very minimum, tell them what changed, tell them how it infected you, or impacted your life. Um, and again, Gabe, thank you so much. Appreciate all of the time you spent with us. Um, I don't know if you have anything else you want to add, like burning on your heart. Like, I just got to say this one thing. I'll give you that chance right now. I had three, I had three things that I wrote down regarding leadership uh, okay. when it comes to building a team. And, and they've, they've been said, you know, many ways by different people. But the first thing is, is hire rock stars. Mm -hmm. You were talking about bet on talent from your Chick-fil-A yep. book. Hire rock stars. Find people really good if you got to start adding to the team. Number two, trust them. <laughs> got to trust them. Number three, communicate, communicate, communicate. You've got to communicate like crazy. And the fourth thing, I'll throw it in as a, what I would call a little bonus, is have patience. Mm -hmm. Have patience. And the beauty is, and, and I had to teach this one to myself, once I had my numbers all figured out, once I knew everything was going to be okay financially, because I'm a financial guy, I'm watching the numbers all the time, all right? Once I knew everything was going to be okay financially, then the patience just falls right in. Because when you go hire rock stars, yeah, they're awesome. But rock stars aren't rock stars day one when they step onto your, onto your stage. I mean, mm -hmm. when you add them to your band, they're, they're not always awesome right away. It takes some time. So have some patience. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely love that. All right, my friend, thank you again for all those listening. We're going to sign off again. Make sure you reach out to Gabe if you have questions, thoughts, concerns, but if you change your life, make sure you tell him things because that makes all the difference in the world. So until next time, we'll see you. Stay strong. Make it a great day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Small Business Made Simple. If you learned something insightful, actionable, or useful that you're excited to implement in your business, please leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Not only are you helping other future listeners find the show, you're giving them an opportunity to learn something valuable they can implement as well. 
Thanks as always for listening to the Small Business Made Simple podcast, where we believe in providing you with the tools you need to stand out to your customers, beat your competition, and grow your business.